Thank you, Pastor Matt. Uh, please continue to pray for the island of Maui. Um, I think we've all had moments in our lives where uh, it wasn't just us that was affected. Um, I know that our, uh, our family uh, just went through a mega typhoon in Guam a couple of months ago. We're without power for several months. That's familiar to me. I still don't think that measures to what's, what's happening um, over in Maui right now. So, Lord, we pray. We agree. Uh, Lord, meet them. Meet their need. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, and then also, I just want to give a shout out. There's a, there's a, there's a stud in my men's group. Um, he's going to be competing in the Paralympics this week. Uh, so, Paul, could you just wave your hand, man? I just need to brag on this guy. You know, we go to a group every week, and he makes us all feel so bad because he goes to the gym, he rolls, he uh, does jujitsu, he's, you know, all, the, all these gyms, and, and, you know, we're like, man, what's our excuse, guys? <laughs> you know, and so, um, and Paul's going to be competing. Um, I, I did put some uh, informational uh, sheets of paper out there if you guys uh, wanted to you know, uh, support, and I think there's even uh, volunteers. I, I, I wanted to, oh, while I have my men's group's attention, maybe uh, we turn our Thursday group into a, maybe a small volunteer session. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Uh, so I'm glad we can knock that out. Uh, I don't have to gather you guys back up, but we've been having great times in our men's group. I uh, hope that your life group has been having great times too. I trust that you are, and if you're not in a life group, as Pastor Matt said, get in one, all right, because that's where the, I mean, we love our Sundays we love coming together as a church, but, you know, I think where the real stuff happens is in our life groups, and so, anyway, um, how many are ready to hear from the Word? Amen? All right, I hope you've been enjoying this. Uh, we've been going through the book of Acts. Uh, we've been in for going on two months now, uh, and it's just been uh, really good, really rich. Um, there's no way we can cover everything in that amount of time, uh, and so we're having to pick and choose um, different places that we want to share from, and so, um, but again, hope you've been enjoying it. So, one of my favorite franchises uh, in the world when it comes to movies, any movie buffs up in here? Anybody? Okay, a few. All right, so I'm talking to y'all, okay. Um, but Lord of the Rings, that franchise, how many by chance in here don't, you're not really familiar with Lord of the Rings, I'm just curious. Ooh, ah, ugh. When you got about five or six hours, watch one of the movies, okay? <laughs> that long. <laughs> but in the movie The Hobbit, The Unexpected Journey, there's a scene where Gandalf, the wise wizard, tries to convince a reluctant little hobbit named Bilbo Baggins. Does that ring a bell? And he's trying to convince Bilbo Baggins to join his cause, this mission. And Gandalf believes that Bilbo has the potential to play a crucial role in their quest to reclaim their world from the dragon smog. However, Bilbo is hesitant. He's afraid to leave the comfort of his home and embark on such a risky and dangerous adventure. And so Gandalf tries to persuade Bilbo by highlighting the importance of the mission and the potential, uh, the potential impact they could uh, have in history. And so he emphasizes that this is Bilbo's chance to prove himself and to leave his mark. And Gandalf begins to challenge him. And he says, you know, how long are you going to stay in your hobbit hole? 
Since when did doilies and your grandmother's pottery have so much value? And so he's kind of egging him on. And Bilbo says, can you promise that I'm going to come back? And then Gandalf says, no, I can't. But if you do, you'll have some amazing stories to tell. And you would think that would be enough to inspire him. But Bilbo gets up and he says, see, I knew it. I'm sorry. I can't sign your contract. And he went off to bed. The good news, and plug your ears because this is going to be a spoiler alert if you want to watch the movie. The good news is that all it took was one night for him to reconsider. And he runs back as the rest of the team is about to go off to this adventure, onto this journey. And he joins and he runs with the contract and he said, I signed it. I signed it. And he went on the adventure of his life. How many know Bilbo could have missed his moment? He could have missed it. And I don't know about you, but there have been some moments that I've missed. And there's been some regrets that I have. And it's not always the things that I've done that were bad that I regret. Sometimes it's the good things that I didn't do that have just as much, sometimes even more. But at the end of the movie, Bilbo was able to say, look what we did. It could have been, look what they did. But he said, look what we did. That pronoun changed. And so there's always this epic battle in our brain. This is, we kind of go through the same things that this little hobbit did. And so there's an epic battle in our minds between what's comfortable versus what's productive. We go through this battle of growth versus uh, convenience. And how many know many times your comfort zone wins? And because it does, we miss out on so much, I believe, of what God has for us and what he wants us to do. And so I'm here to tell you today that God has a lot of big things in store for you. But don't miss your moment. Don't be caught on your heels. We're going to be in Acts chapter 21. Lately, if you've been following us, we've been following Paul on his missionary journeys, and today we're going to read about the beginning of his final, his final journey. So let's start in, in chapter 21, starting in verse 10. It says, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. He tied his own hands and feet with it, and he said, oh, the Holy Spirit says... In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, where Paul was headed, will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. And then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus, and when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Lord, I just pray, uh, Father, that you would use me, uh, Lord, to uh, just speak your word. But Lord, I pray it's your word that communicates loud and clear more than anything else. Father, I 
Uh, move out of your way, Holy Spirit, so that you can take over, illuminate, help us understand. Most of all, uh, Lord, move us into action. God, I pray in Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. amen. So here we are in Acts 21. Again, Paul's final missionary journey. He's on this road towards Jerusalem. But everyone knows that this trip would not be easy. Matter of fact, Paul was used to that. That's what Paul was all about. He experienced everything not easy. Everything was difficult. He had been shipwrecked. Uh, He'd been beaten. Uh, He'd been uh, bitten by snakes and scorpions. I am not a critter guy, okay? I don't know where Gary's at today, but man, that guy's got lizards and toads and turtles and spiders. and And I'm sorry, that's just not me. And so Paul's around, he's getting bit, he's getting beat up, he's getting, you know, almost drowning. And so Paul is used to this. And so what makes this journey a little bit different than all of the others is that like you and I, when we go on a trip, we come back. Paul on all the other trips, he'd go out, but he came back. But this one, the Holy Spirit, he, Paul already knew this one, guys. This is it. Matter of fact, the Bible says that they were all sad because they knew they would never see his face again. Matter of fact, in the chapter before this, as they hear that Paul is uh, coming through, a lot of people from the other churches made their way to see Paul. And it was about 40, 50 miles from where a lot of these churches were. I don't know how long it takes to walk 40 or 50 miles but they made the trip because, because that's what God was already forming. This is what we call the church. And there was this family bond. And they were willing to go all that way to come and see their man, Paul. And so, I'm probably going to reference this verse a few times. But Paul told his fellow people, he said, I'm going to Jerusalem. Constrained by the Spirit, maybe we'll dig into this a little bit, um, a little bit later. But he says, "Not knowing what will happen to me there, except say except." Paul says, "I have no idea what's going to happen except the one thing that he does know." And he said, "The Holy Spirit testifies to me is that in every city that I visit, there will be imprisonment and afflictions." That await me. Then he says, but I do not account my life on any value, nor a precious, uh, as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. How many are not quite there yet? <laughs> Even as I was studying, I was like, huh. If this was going to be required of me, am I there? Paul was. And so, regardless, he goes and he steps into this moment. And he continues to be a part of this this story of the Bible, which is the greatest story ever told. And just like Paul, I want us to not miss out on the moments that God places before us. So what did Paul do that allowed him to once again step out into faith and into the journey which God called him to? And what can we learn that will help us be able to do the same? The first thing is this. Paul didn't submit to what was easy. 
He surrendered to God's will. He didn't submit to what was easy. He surrendered to God's will. In this world we live in, there are voices all around us. And a lot of these voices are telling us that things are easy. I don't know if you've ever scrolled through Instagram and somebody says, yo, follow me and I'll show you how to build an Amazon business that's about $20,000 a month. Anybody seen those? Matter of fact, if you sign up, I'll do it for you. And you don't know there's a cost to that. But everyone's offering something, some kind of advice, some kind of product. How to do, th- how to do things easier, how to make your life easier. Give us a product to make my life easier. Uh, how to avoid pain. We have a pill or we have a program. I'll show you how to lose weight without exercise or dieting. Sign me up, baby. How many would love that, right? You don't have to exercise. You seen that one dude? He's all fit, got a strong jawline. He's like, I eat pizza and cheeseburgers. You've seen him, right? And you're like, eh. It never ends. But if you listen to the wrong voice, you'll miss out on God's voice. And you miss out on his will. And so what we have to learn to do is decipher God's voice. It's, we had a great time with our leaders yesterday. And our leaders, how many were at the leaders meeting yesterday? Were you there? And we had a moment of prophetic activation. Um, and I think when I had gone through uh, my first Uh, one similar to what we did yesterday, years, years ago, I was amazed at how much God spoke. And I was amazed at how clearly he spoke. We think God is this foreign being. And and I get it. When somebody says, oh yeah, God told me, we go, hmm, (laughs) hmm. That's a little strange. It's a little weird. But how many learned yesterday that, man, God is loud and clear, isn't he? He's loud and clear, and he's speaking all the time. And so what we want to do is learn how to uh, decipher God's voice here uh, and and, and know which voice is his. You know, back in my day when we had um, objects that we pulled to our ear that still had a wire attached to it, there would be times where I could pick up the phone and say, hello, somebody would talk, and I I would recognize their voice automatically because I do it all the time, and I recognize their voice Um all the time. And so we need to be able to do the same thing with God because there's a lot of voices screaming at us every day. So we learn God is speaking, but what happens is when God speaks, what we do is we explain it away. Right? And so there's this uh, moment in John, uh, I think it's John chapter 12, uh, and, and, and so Jesus is uh, about to, you know, it's right after the triumphal entry, And God speaks and says, I've glorified him and I'm going to glorify him again. And everybody around Jesus heard it. And some people said, did you hear God's voice? And you know what other people said? Oh, that was just thunder. And they missed it. And so when God does great things with us, through us, to us, and he speaks to us, we need to be able to hone in and know that it's him or else we're going to go, It was just a thunderstorm. No big deal. They dismissed it as as thunder. And some people get so close 
to having a God moment with him only to back up and go, uh, maybe not. Maybe it was just the thunder. Just this morning, I, have, I actually have this in my notes, and my son actually demonstrated it this morning. Um, I guess as parents, sometimes we have this ability to zone out our kids. Anybody have that ability? It's my man right here. And so growing up, Zion was a very persistent kid. He would ask and we would say no, and he'd ask why, and we'd tell him why, and he'd say but, and we'd say no again. And so after a while, I just kind of learned to tune that out. And he'd be like, dad, 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 dad. And I'd be scrolling, dad, dad. I'd be talking to somebody, dad, dad. And I seriously, I just wouldn't pay attention to that. And then he'd go, dad, 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 Roland. And I'd go. <laughs> and he did that in the lobby this morning. <laughs> and you know what I come to realize? I don't have a hearing problem. I have a filter problem. It's a filter problem. And a lot of us have a filter problem because God is going, yo, yo, hey, 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 Eldon, Vilma, DJ, Pastor Matt, Paul, Jonathan. And we're going. We have a filter problem. And so we need to learn to filter through the other voices so that we can hear his clearly. And all the advice that goes on. Let me, give you, uh, let me give you some advice. You don't have to take everybody's advice. You don't have to take everybody's advice. Matter of fact, there was a time where Peter, you might remember, the Bible says that, he, it says he even pulled Jesus aside. You know, okay, I don't want to embarrass you in front of everybody. Just can you, Jesus, come here. And it says he rebuked them after Jesus said, yo, man, I got to die. I'm going to go. And, and Peter was like, no, 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 no. Jesus, let me give you some advice. Okay, you're God. You don't have to die. You're in control of everything. And what did he say? Get behind me. Satan. I bet Peter was like, ooh, why do you have to call me Satan? We have a filter problem. And everyone's telling Paul, please don't go. There's persecution. Please don't go. The Jewish people, have, they've, they've created lies and, and uh, there's rumors about you. And they're saying you're bringing people into the temple who don't belong uh, or the synagogue. And, and all these, and they're waiting for you. They're mad and they can't wait to get their hands on you. Don't go. And Paul says, I'm ready. I'm ready. He filters through and he continues on that allows him not to miss his moment. In Romans 12, 2, this is for us. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. How many know what Paul was doing was sacrificial? And I hope we never have to do what he did. But, you know, there's some things in our life that God calls us to do that is sacrificial. And I thank God that only means sometimes being uncomfortable. It's not anything like this. Or it might mean... Uh, giving up some of your time. Oh my goodness. 
Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. To be sacrificial is our spiritual worship. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable, and what is perfect, Romans 12 one and two. So what else can we learn from Paul's experience? And it's this. It's that the Holy Spirit didn't prevent Paul as if, as everybody was, was saying. We're going to get into this a little bit. Um, this was uh, real interesting for me. But the Holy Spirit didn't prevent. The Holy Spirit prepared him. And the Holy Spirit wants to prepare us because there's this thing called life that we're going to go through. And the roads aren't always straight. And the roads aren't always level. Matter of fact, some of the roads don't even have pavement. Some of them have potholes. Some of them have roadblocks. Some of them have drop-offs. You ever drove by a drop-off before? Like you're driving and you just know on the side of you there's nothing there and you're going, oh, I'm not looking on that side. It's kind of nerve-wracking. And so, on this particular point, scholars kind of go back and forth because it's, there's some, what would almost be a little bit contradictory. So, some scholars would say, uh, and and I was reading a, a bunch of stuff, but some scholars would say that Paul disobeyed the Holy Spirit. Because in verse four, it says that those who were with Paul, through the Holy Spirit, Through the Holy Spirit, they told Paul not to go. That's what the Bible says. Through the Holy Spirit, they told him, don't go. And so that would make it sound like the Holy Spirit, through them, told Paul, do not. Matter of fact, the the Bible says, do not lay a foot. But then in Acts uh, 19.21, says that Paul proposed in the Spirit that he was already going to Jerusalem. So before that, Paul had already settled in his mind and had received from God that, look, this is my, this is my job is to go. And then also in 20 verse 22, he says that he was already bound by the Holy Spirit. And he was already headed to Jerusalem, being bound by the Holy Spirit. And in my opinion, in my opinion, you can't take that one isolated verse and turn it to mean that Paul was disobedient uh, to the Holy Spirit. And so it was more out of, to me, (laughs) I'm qualifying this, but to me it was more out of concern for the one that they loved. They told him, don't go, please don't go. And it kind of reminds me of that, what we just talked about when Peter pulled Jesus aside. Jesus says, you guys know I'm going to die. And then Peter goes, oh, hold on, we need to talk. And out of concern, he tries to tell Jesus, don't think that way. Don't, you don't have to do this. And, he, and Peter, uh, Jesus gets mad and right, sends him away. And I think that's the same thing uh, of what's going on here. And so the Holy Spirit reveals to Paul many times, many times outside of this, what was waiting for him. And this was to prepare him for what was to come. And how many know it was pretty heavy what he was going to endure? Matter of fact, From this point on, Paul would be in jail. 
From this point on, Paul would be confined until he's finally killed. And so, and Paul knew this. And even then, he said, I must go. And he didn't miss his moment. And so, you know what I love about Paul? Is that he wasn't very easily intimidated. You know, if the enemy says, yo, I'm going to kill you, he goes, great, because to die is gain. Right? I, I don't know if I'd respond that way. That's cool. You kill me. To die is gain. Right? And then they say, well, uh, hold on. Uh, we're just going to let you live. <laughs> okay, that's cool, because to live is Christ. <laughs> right? And so they're going, okay, we're not going to kill you. We're going to let you live, but we're going to make you suffer. And he says, okay, well, you know what? That's cool too, because the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to me. How many know Paul couldn't lose? He was convinced. He was sold out. There was something about him, about this person that he knew, this person that he had an encounter with that totally changed him. And again, the same way that we go to men's group on Thursday and I say, Paul, how you doing? And Paul goes, oh yeah, I just came back from the gym and I'm going, of course. And he's been inviting us to the gym ever since. And I don't know if the other guys have gone, I haven't, but. And so I feel this way about the other Paul. How does he respond so good and so bold and so confident? It's because this person has made an impact in his life in a real way. If you kill me, I'm going to be with Christ. You let me live, I'm going to serve Christ. You make me suffer, I'll suffer for him and I'll get rewarded and it's all about Christ anyway. When we're obedient to God, there's fruit that comes forth. And because Paul obeyed, the whole Gentile world, which we are a part of, was impacted and continues to be impacted today. And let me uh, start to bring this in. I know you guys are going, ooh, that was a fast message. Hallelujah. But here's the last point. Paul didn't reserve his rights. He relinquished them for the sake of others. Now, let me paraphrase that to make it hit just a little bit more. What I'm really trying to say is that we use our privileges to save ourselves and not others. We got a lot of privileges. Just the fact that we live in this country, we got a lot of privileges. I, I appreciate and I enjoy I got I got a blue passport. How many know that, that alone? I got TSA pre-check with the blue passport. Thank you, Lord. Although TSA started to get packed. <laughs> the last time I went there, I was like, hey, are y'all in the right line? And we use those privileges to save ourselves from temporary discomforts instead of using them to prevent someone from suffering eternal separation and damnation. 
Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, say humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but able to the, uh, also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. When I lived in Guam, um, we were planning a church in Saipan, and for one entire year, for uh, every week, once a week, I would fly to the island of Saipan, which is north of Guam. It's only about 150 miles. So you can imagine when I got on the plane and I went to Saipan, I wasn't racking up the sky miles on United, okay? But what I was racking up was segments, which also counts toward your rewards. And so although I didn't have a lot of miles, I had a lot of connecting segments every week for a year. And I found myself as a gold premier member with United Airlines. And, you know, I had heard about people being bumped up to first class, but it never happened to me. There's one particular, and it was the best flight that could have happened, one particular flight. Um, I'm on the plane, and I'm in the middle. I'm with the cattle, everybody in the back. And, uh, and I hear this voice come over the intercom. We're about to take off, and you hear this, bing! Passenger, Mr. Rolling Gray, could you please identify yourself by pressing the uh, flight attendant button? And I'm going. So I hit the button. And the flight attendant comes and says, hi, Mr. Greggy, would you like to get your things and follow me? And I was like, yep. Got my stuff, and I walked up. And I'm in class. And I sit down, and I didn't know what to do. They're like, oh, would you like a drink? And I was like, uh, like now? <laughs> like, don't we have to, like, hit, like, cruising altitude or something? So like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'm looking around. They're like, what? Uh, I was like, yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing. Like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I usually get, you know, but, but what do you have? Because I had no idea. And the one that kind of thumped me when they said it said cranberry juice. Ah, I have that. Cranberry juice. They don't get that back there. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there sipping my drink. But we're not taking off yet. Uh, they said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're just waiting for one final passenger, and then we'll make our way. And so I'm sitting there enjoying my cranberry juice. And then a flight attendant brings this little old man in a wheelchair into the airplane. Yeah, y'all know. Y'all know. And if this was me sitting in the chair, I felt like God was going... And I'm going, what? What? And I felt like I was saying, give that man your seat. I remember he was wearing one of those, uh, it wasn't a cast, but you know the one with the Velcro? Uh, and so his, his leg was kind of uh, extended out. And I remember looking at him and going, and I'm going, God, I don't even think that's allowed. And he said, I'll make it okay. 
And I was like, he's got family in the back waiting for him. <laughs> and God said, they'll be happy. And I said, God, I, I don't want to embarrass him. And then God sent me one of those emojis with the straight eyes and straight mouth. <laughs> That's how I felt. It's not really what happened. That's how I felt. And I remember putting my head down and just drinking my cranberry juice. And the moment passed by, same with the, just like the old man, passed right by me. And I remember as he was getting closer, I started digging my hands into the armrest. Because, you know, in first class, you get both armrests. You don't have to fight your neighbor for that middle one. And I was like, nah, and I started to go, <laughs> mine, they're my precious, <laughs> right? Get your own seat, old man, <laughs> you know? I missed the moment that passed. And how many know first class wasn't so enjoyable? And I remember going, I know, God, I missed it. I missed it. And for the rest of the seven-hour flight to Hawaii, <laughs> I just pondered what, what would it have been like if I would have relinquished my rights, my premier gold. I remember when I moved here to the States and I wasn't flying as much and I lost gold. And I remember walking up to the airlines going, what? why is there so many people? And I looked at what? Group boarding past four? I didn't even know it went that high. You know, I, I felt like I was in this new, you know, gold. And sometimes it's the privileges that God gives us that we go, no. And we look at other people and we go, uh-uh. mine. But Paul didn't do that. Paul didn't do that. Matter of fact, There was a time where, I'll just paraphrase it here. Paul was about to go into a barracks. He was already detained. Things are getting, I mean, they're just being blown out of proportion. Everything's a ruckus. And he's, you know, and they're about to beat him. They're killing, you know, they're ready to kill him. Because, and I mean, that's what Paul went through. When There's times in the Bible where you read, you know, oh, um, uh, they, dra- they dragged Paul out of the temple. If I'm out. You drag me, <laughs> I'm out. Right? And it says, there's times where they tried to kill Paul. It, you try to kill me, I'm out. That's too close to killing me. You know what I'm saying? And he goes through all of this, and he's still. At this point, he goes, he goes, you know, can I speak? Can I say something? And the guards say, can you speak Greek? And he goes, as a matter of fact, I can I'm a Roman citizen, and everybody just stops because Roman citizens aren't supposed to be treated that way. What I'm trying to say is that Paul could have showed his Roman ID card at any time to get out of what he was going through, but he didn't. All throughout his journeys, every place he went, he experienced the same thing, and all he had to do was show his blue passport, and he never did. You know why? Because if he did, he would have gotten favor with the Romans, but he would have lost favor with the people he was trying to reach. 
And so he chose not to do that. And I think that could be a lesson for us because God has blessed us so much that we can make a difference in somebody else's life. You know, somebody else who relinquished their rights. I'm going to finish the verse that we started in Philippians. Matter of fact, let me just start again at verse 3. Do nothing from selfish, uh, selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, this verse that is encouraging us not to be that way, it's, it's rooted in Christ himself. And so if we continue that verse, we have an example. Don't be selfish. Don't be conceited. Don't think of others higher than yourself because, and he goes on to say, that Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, if anybody had rights, it was him, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Through our worship, we can glorify the Father the same way that Jesus did. He didn't have to lower himself and come in human form. If he would have asked me, should I come in human form? Oh, gee, no, Jesus, man. Oh, man, I woke up with a backache this morning. You don't want this. But he did. And he relinquished that heaven, all that heavenly citizenship for one reason, and that was to reach you and me. That was to reach you and me. Jesus stepped into a moment of time so that you and I can have this thing called life. Would you bow your heads? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. If you would, just take about just 30 seconds. Just ponder, just meditate. Just find maybe one thing that maybe the word of God spoke to you today. Lord, thank you for the example of, of Paul. Lord, who did not miss his moment. He didn't allow fear, convenience, status. He let none of that rob him from his moment. And Lord, thank you that he 
did what he did to obey you so that we can have what we, we have. And I want to remind you that this journey and this story that we're talking about today continues. We're reading the book of Acts, which was the beginning of the church. And the church is still going on. I believe the story is still being written. And I want to encourage you. Don't just read about it. Jump into the story. Join the journey. Don't sit on the sidelines. Lord, whatever you're calling us to do in this season of our life, Father, I pray, give us the grace to accomplish it. If you're here today and you don't know God, you're not walking with him, or maybe you're further away from him than you would like to admit, and you're here today and you want to get it right, you want to give your life to him, I want to pray with you. We'll pray all together, but I want to know who specifically I'm praying with, with nobody looking around. If that's you, would you raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ today? Would that be anybody? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we all stand up to our feet? We're going to pray with these two. Who are making the greatest decision of their life, if you ask me. If you ask Jesus, I think he'll agree. Just say this all together, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that you are God. And I admit that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. Wash me, cleanse me with your blood. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Come into my mind. And I ask you to change me so that I can be more like you and follow you from this day forward. I receive you, I thank you, and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.